measurements similar to those made by our Earth satellites. The spacecraft is... The Outline World Dispatch. It's Wednesday, August 30th, 2017. I'm Sam Thonis. Today on The Dispatch, I take a trip to Brooklyn to visit a puppy prison. So the available light is blinking, and I'm going to open it. Inside, there's like a pink floor. And Aaron Edwards on his favorite musical, The Great Comet, which closes this week. Classical and techno and strange air horn noises and (laughs) the most beautiful pieces of theater and art in general that I have ever seen. Here's the dispatch. The future. Recently, around New York City, there have been these strange things popping up on street corners and outside of bars and restaurants. They look like some kind of mix between a tiny house and a mini fridge. The idea is that you can put your dog inside of them when you go into a store so that the dog will be safe from the elements and will not be stolen. I'm here at the corner of Court and Douglas in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, to talk to Amos Barshad, who recently wrote about these for The Outline. I also brought my dog, Bobka, uh, who we're going to stick inside of one of these dog prisons, see how she likes it. Uh, Right now, Bobka is trying to eat the microphone. Bobka, get off. Hey, get off. Hello, Amos. Hello. Thanks for joining us here. Do you want to just tell everyone what we're standing next to? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. It's, um, it's a dog parker. Uh, it's a box that you put your dog in, and uh, the way it works is you download this app, you put your dog in it, and then you shut the door on the dog, and then you go, which, you know, practically speaking, there's no reason why that wouldn't work. There's just this kind of connotation that you're imprisoning your dog. When you go inside, it's a few feet by few feet, I would say. Um, and I know from personal experience that it's big enough to fit uh, a human being. How do you know that? <laughs> I went inside, went inside one. Have you ever seen anyone put their dog inside of it? Uh, no, I haven't, and I never have. So after you tried it out for yourself, um, I know that you spoke to the CEO, Chelsea Brownridge. How did that conversation go? I was extremely pleasant. She explained to me her reasoning behind creating this, which is that she has her own dog and that she worries about dog theft. She also mentioned that dog thefts are on the rise, which I uh, don't actually know the information behind that could be true. Um, It's just something I never considered. I've never seen anyone in my life talk about, you know, I wish there was somewhere I could like lock my dog, you know, a locker that I could put my dog into. I've never heard anyone say that. Um, It seems like the tying your dog thing to a pole seems to work fine for a lot of people. But if dog thefts are on the rise and if this is like a a situation, then maybe this is a problem that needs a solution. And what did Chelsea think of you getting inside the dog parker? Uh, She wasn't she wasn't pleased. Uh, As she mentioned, they take pet care very seriously. This uh, dog parker is made for dogs, not people. She said told me not to do it again. And I told her I understand. And, uh, and she asked me how my stay was, and I said it was, it was pretty nice. So, will you be doing it again? No, 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 no. <laughs> that was my one and only, my one and only visit to the dog parker. Cool. Thanks so much, Amos. Thank you, guys. I downloaded the app, um, and I signed up for the free trial. Uh, it says, tap on location pin to reserve or unlock the house. So, I'm tapping on the pin. It gives me two options, hold and unlock, so I'm going to hit unlock. Please confirm you want to open the house at Brothers Bagels. 
Take your time getting your pup acquainted. All right, I'm gonna confirm. And here we go, starting Inside, there's like a pink floor and some fans in the back. It still looks like a fridge, even on the inside. Um, let's see. Bobka is checking it out right now. She's skeptical, I think, but, but interested. Sniffing around. All right, she's climbing inside. We're gonna leave the microphone in here with Bobka. Hopefully she doesn't eat it. And we're gonna close the door. All right, Bobka, we'll see you soon. Good luck. Alright, so I've just returned to the dog parker after leaving Bobka in here for about five minutes. She right now she seems just kind of neutral. Not not unhappy, not not overjoyed. Um, I watched her for a little bit on the the remote camera that's inside the inside the dog parker with her. I watched her while she was in there and she seemed a little bit stressed out at first, like she was standing near the door, trying to get out, but um, when I came back to pick her up, she was a little bit deeper into the dog parker. Uh, so, I don't know, she must not have hated it, I guess. It's hard to say, I can't ask her. Um, but honestly, from my perspective, I could see this being useful in certain situations. Um, for instance, right now, it's raining outside. Uh, I, you know, let's say I was out with her and it just started raining in the middle of our walk and I wanted to go in and get dry somewhere and I didn't have anywhere to put her. This could be a great solution to that specific problem. I don't think I'd use them all the time, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem nearly as harsh as I initially thought it might be. Um, I would definitely not say it's a prison for dogs. It seems more like, uh, more like a bus stop for dogs. Culture. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 is the most musically innovative, energetic, diverse, beautiful pieces of theater and art in general that I have ever seen. There's a war going on out there somewhere, and Andre isn't here. It's been compared to Hamilton for its diverse cast and the way it bends conventions of musical theater. But unlike Hamilton, which has seen massive success, Comet is about to close. I will love you, the musical, which started its life in a tiny shoebox theater in New York back in 2012, will end its nine-month run on Broadway on September 3rd after poor ticket sales and a casting controversy contributed to its premature end. But instead of focusing on that, I want to focus on some of the things that I love about the show and what it brought to Broadway and theater in general, namely its music. The Great Comet was created by Dave Malloy. Oh, hello, uh, I'm Dave Malloy. It's very exciting today because we just got a bunch of Tony nominations. Who knew? Dave is this incredibly weird, eccentric, great, composer. 12 nominations for tonight for your exquisite work on Broadway. How are you feeling? Uh, we're, we're pretty over the moon. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's based on a slice of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. Rastva! 
The show centers on a young Russian girl named Natasha who enters Moscow society while her fiance Andre is off fighting at war. Natasha! Her story runs parallel to that of the rich, depressed, and eccentric Pierre, who questions and frequently laments his existence. The zest of life has vanished, only the skeleton remains unexpectedly vile. I used to be better, I used to be better, I used to be better. Their tales set the framework for the show, which explores themes of lust, love, friendship, betrayal, and coming of age. Certain sounds and moments encapsulate Comet's beauty and its chaos for me. Here's Dave Malloy talking about one of my favorites during an interview he gave at the Strand Bookstore in New York City. Each character does have kind of like a, a style that they kind of bring with them. And then the fun part for me is then like, how do you weave all those things together? So like, in, in, in the big techno scene, in the duel. Oh yeah, I forgot, there's techno and Russian folk music and classical and rock. There's a lot going on. I love it. The first thing that everyone sings at the duels is this theme. Whoa! whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 oh. And then that theme comes back in the abduction when suddenly it's just a purely like Russian peasant song that's being sung out in the field. Whoa! It's like fun for me to like harmonically and melodically like try to link all those worlds together. That's my song! Malloy weaves different genres like the techno and the Russian folk in those songs into a fully realized piece of art. So another example of a cool thing that Malloy does with his music is Natasha just had a really awful experience with her future in-laws. So she goes outside and she looks up and she sees the moon and she just sings this beautiful song to it about how much she misses Andre. First time I heard your voice, moonlight burst into the room. After and Natasha sings this really touching, beautiful song, Maria, her godmother, just bursts out of nowhere and kind of interrupts her and is like, we're about to go to this big show. And Maria is played by Grace McLean, who has this incredible voice and just belts this line that shocks everyone out of their comatose state after Natasha's just lulled them to sleep. The opera, the opera. Stop mooning and moaning, we'll miss the curtain. Maria is Natasha's godmother, and she's described as strict yet kind very loving, but also very passionate and a bit mean sometimes, but it comes from a place of love. And Grace McLean plays Maria in the Broadway cast. And there are several moments where Grace just kind of like erupts into fire and like makes everyone in the theater freak out. And one of my favorite ones is in a song called In My House, where she stops uh, Anatole, who is Natasha's kind of side piece thing from stealing her away. Now you listen to me when I speak to you! In my house, in my house! Do you hear what I'm saying or not? One thing that I think is really cool about how Dave does his orchestrations in general is that he never wastes space uh, for other things to be happening while people are singing. So in this particular section of A Call to Pierre, which is a song where Maria goes to Pierre for help when all comes crashing down, uh, the ensemble is singing these really gentle, like, ahahas in the background that sound very sinister and add to this tension that the song is building up. 
Grace McLean, who plays Maria, does these incredibly high notes in this place in her voice that just sounds like she's erupting into like volcanic fire. It's, it's incredible to hear live. One thing that I really love is there's a very gentle piano line that the music director is playing that mirrors Anatole's uh, lines exactly. Listen very closely. I have long wished to have this happiness ever since the Norishkin's ball. Which is very cool to see because he's kind of singing in this very syncopated rhythm. It's just, you know, kind of free form. And the music director is following him almost exactly to a T. Last week, Semenova fell down. It's very cool to hear. We've had our fun. I've brought about 15 people to come see the show. Each time I went back to the show, I was always looking at my friends' faces as they would see certain moments. It's kind of like watching a movie that you love with someone for the first time. Like you just look for like the twinkle in their eye when they see something interesting. This show was, you know, the first show in a very long time that I felt this way about. Goodbye, my gypsy love. The show is obviously closing, but I think that it had a really important moment for Broadway because there's just so much diversity in the cast and, and the crew, not only through the way this cast looks, but also just in the way they make music. So when that comes together, it really makes something beautiful. And people are in New York and they do have time to see it, you should definitely catch it before it closes on September 3rd. And if you're not, you can still experience this show in a pretty visceral and amazing way on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can buy music and albums. Just look for The Great Comet and listen to this amazing show. That concludes The Dispatch. I'm Sam Thonis. More stories tomorrow.